Welcome to the Funding Moments Podcast. Welcome to the Finding Moments Podcast. This is the start of season three. We are going to have some secret special guests with us, and we're going to just play a game with them to start, and let's go. Trisha, who do you have with you? I have 14-year-old. Say hi, 14-year-old. Hello. Linnell? I have 15-year-old. Say hello. Hello. And I have nine-year-old with me. Hello. Okay, so here's the game that we're going to start off. We are going to name things and try to stump the kids on things they may not know that do not exist now. So I'm going to kick it off. And I want to know from 15-year-old, do you know what Blockbuster is? Well, it's like the place where you rent movies. Nicely done. Nine-year-old, what is film canister? Um, I have no idea. Passing it to 14-year-old. A film canister is a thing where you put the film in from a camera when you shot pictures on it, and then you had to take it in for like a week to get developed. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hey, what are what is a Smurf? You think I don't know what Smurfs are? Well, I wasn't sure. Just throwing it out there. Is it? Like a trick question and not the little blue people? No, it's the little blue people. (laughs) I have a follow-up question. What is the name of the person that always tried to cook the little blue people? Oh, I don't remember. He had a cat. Nicely done. Wow. Okay. I really, really want to know if nine-year-old knows what the yellow pages are. Um, The yellow pages are a book with yellow pages. What was special about those pages? The yellow pages were like a book for jobs before Google search, right? Was it not a phone book? (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. What was that phone book for? For finding jobs. Oh, so close. (laughs) You guys are really, really close. (laughs) What is up with Pop Rocks and Soda? So Pop Rocks, like bounce around and stuff so if you combine them with soda the soda would probably shoot out it's kind of like the mentos thing you guys are actually really good at this what is an eight track well it's like is that for movies or listening to music very close it's like a cd but worse and you can only store like eight (laughs) songs on it all right follow-up question what is vinyl a giant cd (laughs) okay anybody else want to add to that it's like it has the grooves in it so that when you put it in a record player it vibrates and plays it and it was square right they're circular what is a furby i have one of those upstairs do you really that's awesome brand new in a pot package that we found at a garage sale many years ago what is the card catalog Anybody want to take a guess? Oh, I think I stumped him. Nothing. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Related question. How about microfiche? Yes. All right. Dewey Decimal System. Oh, that's for like organizing library. Yeah, it's for library, except (laughs) it was a giant pan. What platform coined the phrase, you've got mail? 
I don't know. Windows. Got it. What's a pager? Um, a pager is a phone book. Wasn't that the thing before, like, texting? What do you mean, thing before texting? All you could do was it, it said you wanted to call people. You couldn't actually call people. What's a floppy disk? It's like a computer thing. It's a USB drive with no storage. Um, it's like a video game cartridge, except it's a CD and it goes in a computer, I guess. All right. How about nine-year-old? What's a fax or a facsimile? Um, if you don't know, just guess. That's okay. Uh, I have no idea. Aw. Isn't that like when you send someone a message and it just like prints it out? Nicely done. Pretty good. Cool. What about a mimeograph? I don't know that I know that one. A what now? Mimeograph. Nothing. Blank stares. What's a Rolodex? It's like a phone book, except on a wheel. Yeah, we looked that up the other night. (laughs) What is an answering machine? That's like when you call someone and then you you have to tell them who you want to call. Close. That's really close. Okay, what's a GoBot? Rip off Transformers. (laughs) What's a Voltron? It's, It's the giant lion thing. Nice. I can name all of the characters. How about Jim? That was so bad. That was a really bad show. She-Ra? And the Princesses of Power? Masters of the Universe. What about Joe, Natalie, Tootie, and Blair? You take the good, you take the bad. Facts of life. (laughs) Michael Keaton. Old movie star? What about a modem? Oh, that's like internet that was really slow and it made a horrendous noise every time we wanted to go on Google. (laughs) What's a mixtape? It's a cassette tape with 12 slots for songs and you had to put it in a giant stereo to record it. Palm Pilot? (laughs) Silence. (laughs) (laughs) I I think we've dated ourselves at this point. So I'm going to give the kids a chance to stump the grownups. Why don't you tell us something that you think we have no clue? I can think of a lot of things right now. (laughs) Is that so? Yeah. Well, go for one. What is a party? As in like gaming, like online gaming. Something you won't know about. It's where you all get together and to either beat the bad guy or to go on a mission and your characters all work together. Okay, you're close. Okay, nine-year-old. Is there something that you don't think we know? Um, what is Splatoon? Did you did you say a spittoon? Splatoon. That's easy. I know that one, but I'll wait and see if Miss Linnell knows instead. Splatoon. Some sort of cartoon? I don't know. We will play this game again with our special guests. Thanks for joining us. And then I'm going to hang with your two moms for a minute and we're going to keep talking. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Also, bye. (laughs) See you later. That was fun. That was interesting. They actually did better than I thought they would do. Agreed. Agreed. Had this crazy idea to play this game. I had a group um, in a meeting that I was in and I accidentally used the term Rolodex and Literally, I had somebody that was probably around 23 start raising her hand like, what is that? So I just thought, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm actually old now. So I wanted to try to see how much of the 90s, which is really, I think, 
my frame of reference and in the past has been lost. And, you know, I've run into people that have a hard time knowing what a stamp is. So we're trying to kind of think back and think of fun things and make sure that our kids at least know most of it. I do believe that a 14 year old is an old video game collector. So I'm reliving my childhood through Atari (laughs) and some, some of those great things. And I walked through a target over Christmas and there's He-Man dolls in there. And I'm like, what? Everything that was old is new again. I know the 80s has had this huge revival. It really has. I could probably do without the revisiting the high-waist jeans. Mm, Yeah, there's definitely (laughs) things I could do without bringing back. So this episode is going to just be a little bit of freestyle. What's going on? What are we seeing as parents? Just a little bit of an eclectic conversation. And I believe that uh, for our season three focus, we're going to really focus in on on social skills. There's been a lot of experiences between the three of us, especially as of late. A lot of adults need a little help with social skills as well. And we're trying to pay extra attention to that with our kids. I was um, reading an article recently and the person the author used the word that we're living in a time of social animosity. And I'm like, oh, that does sum it up rather well. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect, actually. (laughs) Things that I just consider part of normal human decency, like if one is invited or informed of an event that one responds to say whether or not you can attend so that the organizers might plan and purchase food and things of that nature is like pulling teeth. And Mm -hmm. I just, I just do not get it. I mean, Chad, you should talk about the experience you had in the bank yesterday. There were two people working at the bank and there was a line. The line got pretty deep because both tellers were deep in with a couple of issues and people were getting impatient. There was an outburst by one lady that was like, Hey, can you not just prioritize me in this? I've been waiting here for 20 minutes. There was literally a fist fight that broke out when I just said, I'm just out here. Just peace out. The level of patience that people are exhibiting today, it's like this global burnout. When you stop and think about it, if you can just take a moment and not add to it, take a breath, sometimes you can change that course by just showing a little bit of humanity, kindness, and understanding. You know, if you don't have time to wait, just come back later and just take a breath. I think that there's been this social media, we need it now intensity and the expectations. And I just, I I don't know what it is, but coming back out, it's not what it was pre pandemic. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely showing cracks all over the place. I think everyone is exhausted and just extended amount of stress. People are irritable and depressed and anxious and everybody gets a little snappy when they're like that, but it's weird because it's on such a it's the entire population, not just like, yes. you know, there's no one to offset it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, feel it to an extent. I feel myself like getting to where like, there's some things I'm like, why is this? I just need to take a deep breath. Like this is this sh- not a big deal. Not a big problem. Just take down notch. You know, I, I feel myself saying that too, because I think that everybody's just exhausted and the things that, like you said, you want to get back to normal and things like responding to an invite or something like that. It doesn't seem like it should be that much effort, but I think that something's happened and everything feels like this, oh my God, you know, huge effort. I have to respond to somebody or, and and I also think that like, it's part of, like you said, our culture where like, I get so sick of checking my emails. Like I have so many work emails, at least I'm not exaggerating, at least a hundred a day that I don't check my personal email every day. Sure. Email etiquette. That's a whole social as well. Email etiquette. Don't, don't send an email that is 
nine paragraphs long with 14 things that need to get done, we, we have to learn how to bite size it a little bit more so people can read it because we're all reading it on our phones. Let's be honest, mm-hmm. sitting down at a desktop anymore is one of those things our kids are going to think we're crazy for <laughs> once they get into the <laughs> workforce. Right. So being able to just, I love Slack and Microsoft Teams and chats because that's literally real-time communication a lot more like a conversation. Emails are just, it's just one of those things that we've become very inefficient at. I still feel like, you know, the email and the texting, because you don't have tone, people misread stuff all the time. You know, I generally ask someone that had given me feedback on something. I said, well, thanks. I get, I'm updating this and the handbook. And I said, what is it? Do you have any input on how, what a different wording that would be more understandable? And the person thought that I was being sarcastic. I was like, no, I genuinely wanted your input. <laughs> you know, I wasn't trying to be rude, but you don't hear tone. Right. You know? Right. You don't read tone. No, that's, that is absolutely true. I was never in the workforce. I was, I came in right as the massive transition between paper and digital was, was in process. And so I never experienced the middle folders with the little, with the string to close it up. Yeah. And you scratched out the person's name and right. the next one underneath it. Yeah. Yeah. I never experienced that system. And so I think we're, we've, the pendulum has swung so far on the digital end that there's a lot that was good about that, but it's all been lost. And I think that we need to somehow land somewhere in the middle. G- granted, COVID changed all of that. We're, we don't do so well without people. We are uh, animals that like to be in a herd. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that when you don't have that human contact, not only is it socially and emotionally not healthy for you, you know, to go that long or have these periods where you don't have that same connection, but we're now moving. Like you said, we came out of COVID into this weird, I say weird because it just seems so uncomfortable sometimes, this way of doing things and communicating where we're still very isolated, even though we don't have to be, but that's almost Mm -hmm. the new norm in a lot of ways. Agreed. I think part of finding moments is, one, realize the moment that you're in and realize that if you miss it, you never get it back. Moments can be good or bad. When we started this, it was really a focus on our kids and how can we help our kids be great humans, tools to help us as parents to be able to raise in a positive manner and just tips and tricks that we've learned from personal experience, professional. At this point, though, we're realizing that you can't really help the kids until you help the parents. Parents are overloaded. The amount that was asked of us through the pandemic to pick up the slack for schools in person. Right now, daycare is a huge issue. Like we're having trouble getting um, new hires and and staffing up because childcare is really a challenge right now. Nothing is normal. And what picks up the slack is just parents just being parents. And everybody is amazing on their own level, but you only have time to focus on your own kids. So that when you're trying to do anything extracurricular, or if you have an emergency that falls upon you, anything else that eats at that time is taken away from moments with your kids. And it's just a self-defeating cycle. And unless you can figure out little ways to get out of it. And one of the games that we played with our kids at the dinner table a couple of times is the game of like, hey, what's this? What do you think this is? And the answers that you get sometimes are really funny because it's not about school. It's not about something that you're asking them. It is just kind of a... Let's throw it out there and see what sticks. And sometimes that's the way we're able to bring everybody back. 
I think that that is a good point, just finding things where least effort almost is what you need, especially when you come home and you've worked all day. And I feel like when you have this much stress, sometimes it's hard to remember to enjoy things. It's like, I don't know how to explain. It's almost like you feel like you don't have time to stop and do it. Right. And I think that's oh, where you absolutely. It. And we, we do things like we'll play um, music trivia on Alexa together as a family. Like after dinner, we'll just sit there and play it. Or uh, we were playing The Price is Right for a while on Alexa. And it, that was one where there was no frame of reference for the 15-year-old. Like, what is this? And we got all excited when we got to do the little little guy that goes up the mountain and falls off and the price is oh, right. Oh, sure, we're, yeah. Brad and I were all nostalgic and everything. And she had just why are you guys this excited over? <laughs> we had a birthday party with our nine-year-old and his friends were so cute. He just wanted an intimate one and anything that could go wrong at this birthday party oh my went gosh. wrong. We did it at a bowling alley and laser tag. It just, they just overbooked things weren't working. And these kids were so great with each other. They were just so polite. And then we get our, uh, teens friends together and they just rip on each other and they do like it's just a big difference in kind of that social gap and i i don't know linnell is they're just a point where the kids are trying to practice on each other so that they're intentionally mean just to see how far they can push it or is this also a pandemic symptom it might be like just the way the kids are grouped too because with my 15 year old they get together and it's all discussion about music, Japan animation, you know, what TV shows they're watching, the group fit. And to, to be fair in her group, there's one or one or two boys that are sometimes included. Mm -hmm. So it's just a different, different group think when they're sure. together, I guess. Oh yeah. Um, our uh, 14 year olds group is at this point, almost all boys and they, <laughs> boy moms, I feel you. It's a different, it's a different place to be. That's for sure. What about our neighbor who you said, what was the story the other day? Oh, 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 oh. I was chatting with our neighbor across the cul-de-sac who had gone with another mom of boys to a healthy eating workshop because she was desperate to try and climb out of the takeout and the quick meals that her family was subsiding on. And the leader of the workshop said, well, so when your kids come in to help you in the kitchen, being a mom of girls, this was a common occurrence at her home. And my neighbor and the friend she attended with just busted out laughing. They're like, help in the kitchen. <laughs> and they were the only people laughing and they kind of looked around embarrassed. They're like, come on, anybody else have boys? <laughs> It was, yeah, it was just really funny. We're trying to get ours to do, I'm going to use the bad word, chores, helping the family out. And so our oldest is unloading the dishwasher. We pay them for that. Like we've got it all set up on, on a GoHenry credit card account for each of them. And, you know, we're, we're starting to teach them how to use that. So he emptied the dishwasher last night and a very, very heavy mixing bowl is on top of the fridge. I didn't realize it. I go to pull out the coffee creamer this morning. The thing falls on my head. <laughs> and we're just like, there's just little things that just do not connect yet. Uh, you guys are, you guys are uh, nicer than I am. I think. Cause I, I just say like, Hey, family splits the duties. I don't, nobody gets, nobody gets paid. <laughs> I wish I got paid for my chores. Yeah, uh, we're, but we're desperate. <laughs> that's the, uh, that's the interesting thing though. Like, it's just some of the things that 
I, I think it's just, you know, age too. You haven't done it enough to, to really understand. Cause I'm always like, before you leave this space, check it because you ask for a favor. And then I come in and like that favor has created other jobs for me. <laughs> yes. Every time, mm-hmm. all the time. Yes. It's funny though, when you say pay, pay them, we're, what we're doing is we're trying to teach them how to use money in a modern way. And I think that's just with my day job and I just see how uncommon that is. So we're trying to do that early. So they get an allowance every month, but they have to earn it. And there's daily tasks. There's weekly tasks. If they don't do it, they don't earn they don't it. Pay. And yeah, yeah. sometimes we take it away. We have fines. Like we had to We've, we've had a zero tolerance policy that we've implemented <laughs> prior to the holidays and it's no headphones in the kitchen. We just got tired of it. No headphones in the kitchen. So literally we took them away yesterday for a couple hours because it's an absolute drag out fight sometimes. Wait, you guys don't like it when you're talking to them and they don't respond at all. That bothers you. Oh, the brick wall syndrome. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I think it's probably my least favorite thing. Uh, to be honest, uh, we're able to walk in our new house now. It's got enough structure that we can check out rooms and things. Insulation is starting to go in. So it's very exciting. And I'm honestly, I'm a little worried because the insulation is so good. I'm not going to be able to get their attention unless I physically walk up the stairs and knock on the door, which is, will be a new phenomenon. It's a good problem to have, but the headphone thing. Oh, how about when they have a phone? I'm talking 14 and maybe Linnell, you have some advice. The whole point is so that we can get a hold of 14 oh, and stay yeah. in touch and they don't answer. 15 year old doesn't even know where hers is half the time. So it really doesn't work well, <laughs> but somehow her earbuds are always connected to it because <laughs> she's always listening to music. Um, yeah, we have a thing um, where I'm like, she has a setting intentionally where they can be put on transparent because it drives me nuts. I, you know, because they, they all have that. Um, what do you call it? The sound. Oh, noise canceling. Yes. yes. So they really can't hear you over the summer. 15 year old did a finance class. And I think that did teach her a lot. Uh, and we did kind of did the same thing with creating a budget when you have certain things and how do you stick to it and download a little app for her to do that as well. I, Cause I don't think the kids really learn that. No. And with, it's different when, when we were back to the, when, when we were young, um, it was cash, right? It debit credit cards, it's right. mysterious money that just is there well, always. <laughs> and most of the places don't even take cash anymore. So we right. can't even, yeah. it's not a, it's not a medium that's worth spending time teaching now because that's not how they're going to have to handle life. And no. And it's, it's, a, it's almost more of a hassle to get it yourself in the first place and then have to worry about, Oh, well, did I pay you this day? Blah, 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 blah. And no, it's, it's really difficult. We're not quite a year into this card method. So jury is definitely still out cautiously optimistic. It's creepy to hand your young teenager and extremely young tween, essentially a credit card. I mean, it is a debit card, but yeah. At this at the same time though, when they're out, you can fund it instantly. And yeah. It's also it's also it's also a safety thing. Our 14-year-old was out with his friends and they got um they were in Colorado Springs. They were supposed to go on a scout 
cave thing and they were supposed to sleep in. And when they got there, which is a good couple hours away from us, it got canceled because of ice conditions. So they ended up hanging out at the Air Force Academy all day and they had to go out and eat. And it's like, okay, well, we didn't send you prepared for that. So you can just literally load the card and we're like, okay, here you go. And I love this phrase. It's perfectly imperfect, but Mm -hmm. how do you get through to kids that don't want to be real? They don't want to be lectured anymore. They don't want to they don't want us to tell them life experience. They just, at least our boys, they have to be knocked upside the head on their own mistakes. So how do you still prep them for the next? So we find we have to use motivators. It's the only thing that works for us. What do you care about? And then we run a truck through it. Well, I think that, yeah, I think motivation is a big thing. I think that that really is something that's lacking for everyone right now. Right. I mean, we all adults too, like that's what part of what everybody's so burned out about. It's like the effort I have to get up and do this. I just don't have any motivation. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I think it's, it is just like a, again, like a population wide thing. So I'm not surprised that it's harder with the kids, but I also think like kids have to, to have that hands-on experiences, which is kind of like what you're, what you're able to kind of recreate with the card in a safe way, getting that hands-on experience while you're there to kind of guide them. You know, they're not going to necessarily do it the way you tell them, but you're there when they do make the mistake to say, Oh, you could have done it this way. Right. Yeah. Or I told you, so you should have done it this way. (laughs) Yeah. We find that doesn't work super well. Um, (laughs) How do we as a society lift ourselves out of whatever this is? Cause I don't like it. No, I don't either. I'm, I don't know that I have motivation or energy either, but I still find myself doing a whole big long list of things. You, you do it with kindness. You do it with, it's it's pebbles, it's ripples. If you can literally say a kind word to somebody in a day, you don't know how far that goes. And Trish, you and I have seen it time and time again in our own neighborhood, rebuilding after the fire. It's just even just a kind, hey, let's go grab a beer. Hey, let's go, let's go to this meeting. You might be interested in it and get, you know, six or seven neighbors together. I got a drone from Trish for Christmas and I'm going and taking shots of the rebuilds and I sent them to the neighbors and they are so thrilled with it. And it's that kindness is contagious. And it's just one of those things that I think that it's going to take an effort to recognize in yourself what's making you not happy, try to change it. And by that very nature, you're going to change that pattern. And it's not fast. Yeah, it isn't. And I think personally for me, I keep trying to do things the way I did before, because I think if I get back to normal, that's going to feel better. But I think it's finally dawned on me, like, I'm just fighting an uphill battle by doing that. Like, I'm going to have to shift. Because if I do, I'm not going to get anywhere trying to go back to normal. I'm not good. I'm not going to feel good if I keep doing this. There has to be a shift. And I think, and that's where you kind of have to regroup because this is a new experience for everyone. We don't, we don't really know, like know how to navigate it. So that's kind of goes to your question, Trisha. I don't know. We all have to figure it out together because we had, no one's been in this. There's, you know, there hasn't been a good handbook since the whole pandemic started. We haven't known what we're doing the whole time. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> yeah, but surround yourself with people that make you happy. Don't yeah, get definitely. the negative out. Like there's no time for that. So while I say try to do something to make somebody's day, okay, well, we all have to work with people. We all have to interact with people, but those don't have to be our circle. Those just are, you just have to have common decency. If you surround your circle, you can kind of protect yourself a little bit. 
And I don't know, that's, that's one of the things we've really honed in on is we're just trying to make sure that we're around people that are genuinely positive and reciprocate. And we're trying not to dump a lot of energy when it's not reciprocated. But I think surrounding yourself with good people kind of helps you get something back from that, but just trying to be kind and doing those things because you hope it has this trickle effect, but that social animosity part is rough. Mm -hmm. So you do like give, and then you just feel really burnt out from giving. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's not, it's not a quick, it's not a quick thing. It's just find things that make you happy. Take time for yourself. And I know that we've gone back and forth on self-care and it's like, how do you do it? But you know, even a 15 minute Tai Chi or just a, a little simple meditation, or just even just grab a book. If that's, if that's your, whatever your thing is, yeah. go do it for yourself and don't be apologetic about it. And I think that's the other thing is we're always like, Oh, well, I'm dropping this ball or I'm not doing this. Cause I'm going to go do this. It, it, we've got to be easier on ourselves, passionate on ourselves to allow that. It is interesting how frequently you catch yourself saying, I'm sorry for things you have no control over. Mm-hmm. I do that all the time. Like, why the time. am I taking responsibility for this? <laughs> you have no control over it. Um, I know. Yeah. Or even that, you know, only if you make a great big leap or a stretch, is it in any way your responsibility? And I find myself doing that all the time. I think women do that more than guys. I, you know, I think you're and, right. And I, and I just, yeah. and I think I caught Trish doing that the other day. I'm like, why are you apologizing? There's nothing like, don't, don't, don't say that society expectation that should go away. Information on that. That is very true. And that uh, we also have a harder time saying no, which also is a really great mental health tool. Oh, it feels great when you say no. I look forward to when I can start saying no. I have to continue to say yes until we get over this next great big hurdle. And then, oh, no, (laughs) no, it's just not happening. No, can't say no. You just keep reducing any type of bandwidth you have available Uh to function. Yeah. 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 It. (sighs) We, we ran into, we ran into something at, uh, 14 year old school. And it's just, it's just been a, it's been a problem throughout that time there, especially now that they're back in person, but you know, bullying is persistent there. Mm-hmm. Every conversation we have, it's just playing whack-a-mole because it's a different scenario every time, but there's a few teachers that have somewhat lost control of their classes and everybody's at their wits end. And there's, I think that there's a couple of age groups out coming out of the pandemic that got particularly hard and maybe this is something we dive into next time Linnell but I think that there's there's a couple of key social years that got lost Mm -hmm. and I think that jump of those that were going from fifth to sixth grade was one of them for sure I also think the high schooler ones that were that didn't get to graduate with their class and had to finish their time in person is another one that I can call out just from some of the discussions with our friends but this class does not know how to respect each other. And the school cannot figure out how to get control back. A phrase that came out, snitches get stitches. And I'm like, I was talking with a teacher the other day and he's like, I haven't heard the word snitch in the classroom for a decade. Like, where did that come from? The other phrase that's coming out right now that we were surprised by, and our parents would probably say, go jump in a lake. Well, we would say buzz off. They're saying, go kill yourself. 
And that literally is the common phrase that they're telling each other right now. From the school's perspective, it's coming in from the parents to the school because the parents are so stressed out, especially in our community, trying to recover from the fire, that the kids are starting to crack under the pressure and they just don't really care if there's a tomorrow in some cases. And it's just, it's blowing our mind and it's scary. But that is really a loaded statement because right now the suicide rate is so high for tweens mm. and teens in our country. It's crazy. Oh, what, as soon as I heard that that was even uttered out loud in a row, I kind of lost it a little bit. Like uh, under no circumstances should this be tolerated. It's not, it's not a joke. But the students have yet taken that as their power and they're right. using it and it's reverbing a thousand times over. Linnell, I'd be real curious to hear how things have been because you're, you're in a whole nother state than us. And just to hear if you've been experiencing similar situations with specific class, graduating class of, I guess, 14 year old is going to be 27 um, or, or not, or if this is unique to our area. No, it isn't. It, it's, it is. And I, I actually just did, um, I have a, have a parent support group that we have, and we actually had a very in-depth discussion on this and the depression and the suicide rate. And it's a real thing and it impacts it's across the country. Um, and it's interesting because I do see a lot of different schools in our area just because I work with a lot of different families mm -hmm. and there, I, there has definitely been, and this is from my viewpoint, but I feel like the kids that I'm coming in contact with families, I'm hearing more and more about bullying. And it's in so many schools right now. It's not like it's just one. It's not like it's one school that's having a, a social dynamic problem. I really think it's something that is related to what we've been talking about this for the past few minutes. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's this overall depression and stress that nobody, the adults don't know how to handle. And the kids certainly don't know how to handle it. They have, don't even have the, any of the coping skills the adults have. I think that is hard. And the window that was missed, we're talking about two years of development. I mean, how much kids grow, <laughs> you know, between the, the time you're one and the time you're 21, there is a lot of changes that happen every year. They're significant. And you have those kids that, you know, the ones that missed from elementary into middle school and middle school to high school, they're going in without that social emotional development, but the demands are still there that you would normally expect for that age. They just didn't get prepared for it. And so right. they don't know how to handle it. It's like going from what you experienced in elementary is going to be completely different from what your expectations are and what they expect you to manage in middle school and in high school. And that's hard. And, and it's, that's not an easy thing to learn, period. Time management skills, how oh, to juggle things, yes. communication changes that happen. Yes. Not just communicating with your friends, but unfortunately it's hard as a parent, but as your kid gets into middle school and then high school, you have less direct contact with the teachers. Oh, that is for sure. <laughs> and, it, and it should be that way, right? Because they have to learn how mm -hmm. to communicate to function on their own, but they missed a whole lot of yeah. growth. And they don't know how to do it and they don't know how to do it well. And again, that whole vibe of the social animosity we're living in doesn't really help. Even the adults, sometimes, even sometimes the teachers, the adults are not just teachers, but any any adults' responses, you know, sometimes you think, well, that's really not this response you should have modeled. <laughs> you know? uh, the, yes. The teachers are burned out. 
And it's that's that compassionate the- care thing. Like the, everybody who's in therapist, who's a teacher, who's a nurse, a doctor, like that's why everybody's leaving their fields. They are just have nothing left. Mm-hmm. Boy, this is uplifting, isn't it? Yeah, no, we, we really- <laughs> I think so much of it is you want to have the pretty picture on Instagram and you don't want to show mm. the cracks. So you're not asking for help. One of the things we've learned in the year, like I, I will say, you know, as much as Trish and I have lost, we've gained so much in it. And one of them is just connections with people. So that's been really, uh, that's lifted us up. But what we're realizing is once you start sharing and you can get that circle and that network and you can start to support each other, that's the path where you can kind of get exponential value back out of it. If you are too afraid to show that you're less than perfect, then you're in a silo and you can kind of go in that spiral and don't think for a minute, your kids don't feel it. They see everything. It's perfectly imperfect, but I think that that's where social media fails us sometimes because we're too afraid to show that. Yeah, I think you're right. But I, and I do think that there are ways out of it. And like you were talking about your friend that went to the healthy eating thing. It's interesting that there's a lot of families that I mean, it's everybody's trying to get out of this, like <laughs> survival mode, right? We're yes. like quick meals, mm-hmm. all of this stuff, fast food. Um, everybody's trying to find, you know, look on those things that are going to bring back something good for them. And it's interesting they brought that up because as some of them known for a while, that's a, uh, she's a, uh, dietitian and she, um, also does kind of like a hybrid between counseling and what she does. And she Mm -hmm. works for a company where she has clients that she meets with and they're all kind of doing exactly like looking for that same thing. Like, how do I get out of this? How do we, the idea of like sleep, are you getting enough sleep? Like sleep makes such a huge difference even before, like she told me, she's like, if you're not sleeping, you're not going to feel healthy. Like you're still going to gain weight. You're, you're, you're still, you know, have all of these things and really trying to look at like those core components. I mean, did those are really your basic necessities, right? Sleep, right. Food, right. <laughs> kind of going in, like, like take care of your back to the self-care, take care of yourself. So you are in a better spot to feel better and get through things and find that path because even getting on that path takes effort right now. It's what we all feel like, Oh, it's effort to do anything. Yeah. I totally completely agree. Getting outside of your um, normal cohort, getting outside like a lot of times with our jobs, we're in the same circle. We're with the same people that are the same burnout. And one of the fun things that we've had just in kind of the rebuilding process is we're getting to know people that are from all different professions, all different walks of life from different countries that has been a really healthy experience because their burnout is not the same as ours. And sometimes that puzzle piece can be really healthy. And on that note, this is Finding Moments Podcast. Thanks for joining us uh, with our special guest today. I hope that uh, you enjoyed the conversation and thank you, Tricia and Linnell. Thank you. Thanks, guys.